Welcome back to the What I Love About Men podcast. Today, I am here to give you the other half of my last episode, which is the second half of the interview that me and Coach Lane did based on fears around dating, the four common fears around dating. This is my one of my favorite episodes. I just love it. I was going through the editing process. I did edit a chunk, and it's still pretty long. Um, and, and this is the second half, so that just goes to show you how much of a great conversation me and Lane had. Uh, I'm just smiling ear to ear because I just, you know, I was editing this morning, and I just... It's, it's a really cool episode that I think will help so many of you guys. And if any of this really speaks to you, please just let me know um, because we did touch on a bunch of topics. Once again, we even tried to end the conversation, then it restarted. So <laughs> you can just tell there's a lot of good information. And I want you guys to be able to just DM me or email me and say, Steph, I really loved this part of the episode. Can you expand on this more in your posts or in your next podcast? Because I'm always looking for new topics that will especially help you guys who reach out to me because um, I know that that's, that's a special episode because it's helping one man who really needs it. So please always feel free, like I said, to just tell me what really intrigued you, what interests you, what helped you the most, and I'd be happy to put it in my next episode, in my next post, in my next emails, any way I share content with you guys. So please enjoy the second half of my interview with Coach Lane. Here it is. Talk yeah. about the fear of sharing or showing emotion. When it comes to men especially, but men and women... When we're afraid to share emotion, we're uncomfortable with it, a good step, a good place to start is to write it down because the mind's eye is actually different from the physical eye. So we yeah. can have so many thoughts flowing in our head, especially females, because our corpus callosum in our brain that divides our two hemispheres is the nerve bundles in between is much great, 10 times greater than a male's brain. Wow. So we have thoughts. Yeah going back and forth constantly. Like it's just, that's why women get overwhelmed so easily Yeah, because we're, you know, we're built to multitask. We could have a baby so we could do this, blah, blah, blah. And men are more like direct in their thinking, but men are also not, you know, vulnerable and not releasing enough emotion. So right. men and women to become better at expressing emotion or releasing that overwhelm is to write it down on paper, get in the habit of journaling, or if not, you know, you don't have to think of it as journaling, like, oh, this is my day today. Like, it doesn't have to be this long thing. You know, I think when people think journaling, they think you have to write a page about everything that happened in the day. It's right. just, just get out a piece of paper in the morning and write down, write down how you're, how you're feeling and ask yourself why. I think like when we get in the habit of asking ourselves, like getting our thoughts first on paper, you know, if things are like are all all over our mind just put it on the paper yeah. then you realize like oh wow it's not that big of a deal like i mm -hmm. i thought i had so much more and it's just three things and mm -hmm. i could i could fix all this so it's like you can look at it from a, a different eye plus if you have a certain mood or you have a certain feeling and you're not sure why just start writing like just say i feel like this right now and then most likely you'll say because you know this happened but this happened before and it's okay like i can figure it out and then you just you just kind of go with it. Like when we put, when we get a thought out of our head, it's not as scary. It's, it's more, you know, I could fix, like now I'm looking at it. I'm facing it. It's face on. I'm mm -hmm. looking at this fear. I'm and then I, I can find a way to deal with it. So yeah. it's much easier to, to deal with it if we know what it looks like first, but in our head, it's just too cloudy. It's all over the place. You know, we just, we fall into the trap of, Oh, I just feel shitty. Like I'm just in a shit mood. Right. Okay. There's something about it. Like right. don't remain in that mood. You don't have to. So I think by just starting by by putting thoughts out on paper and just journaling feelings and even throughout the day, like this is an exercise I give to clients is 
like say you have a thought and it's a negative thought and it just pops in your head out of nowhere. Just ask yourself why in that moment, you know, because I think we just feel a thought and then we're like, oh, that was a shitty thought. And then we just go on. Like if you catch it right there while you have it and be like, why did I just think like that? Why did I just say that to myself? Exactly. Okay. It's probably because this happened, but I really don't think that it's just because this happened and that triggered me. So I'm okay. You know, we have to we have to deal with it right away, whereas just letting it snowball, you know, into bigger things without realizing why we had a specific thought. So ask yourself questions. I ask myself questions all the time, you know, talk to yourself, like get in the habit of having this inner dialogue with yourself. And that's Mm -hmm. how your self-talk becomes becomes very positive when you build a a safe, healthy relationship with you. Right. And you're not afraid to have thoughts and then, you know, analyze them or question them. Yeah. And I think that speaking with yourself develops trust with yourself too. Cause I think a lot of us don't yeah. trust our own decisions most yeah. of the time, you know? So when you can talk to yourself more often, I talk to myself all the time, like driving oh God, in the too. car, <laughs> it, it's <laughs> the lane show. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. I need friends. I need more friends. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, cause I'm, I'm in the car going to these different lessons and everything almost three hours on average a day round mm-hmm. trip. So it gives me time to plenty of time to reflect, to pray, to think out loud. And it's funny that you're talking about writing it down. Cause that's probably one of the most profound pieces of advice of advice I've ever been given was, uh, by a friend of mine, a mentor who said, you know, um, people who receive inspiration, write it down. And he said, without people having done that throughout history, we wouldn't have these volumes of inspirational text, you know? So whenever you receive a thought or, you know, just write stuff down, he basically said, just write stuff down. And last night I had a six hour round trip, basically like two and a half, three hours to my destination and then back home. So I had plenty of time to think. And then it started getting cloudy and muddled and I started getting frustrated. I was like, okay, why can't I just keep track of this? So the first chance I got, I was at the drive-through getting some in and out and, uh, was just, I pulled out my notepad on my phone and wrote it down. And when I looked at it, I was like, Oh yeah, that's real simple. Why was I stressing out about keeping track of all this? But it's, I think it's so important to just, just write stuff down. That's, that's huge. And the other thing I was going to comment on is I I love, um, the more I'm talking to you and and learning about how you coach, the more I love it because I, I, I do a lot of the similar things, a lot of the same things. Start with your why. Why do I feel this way? Why did that thought come through my head at that time? And and why am I doing this in the first place? I think just that question alone is so important to define on a daily basis because yeah. it's it's a question like you said, we we don't examine enough. We use words and we accept thoughts and just brush them off as, you know, happenstance. Oh, that's just something that happens, you know, oh, you know, whatever. And one of the things that I'm, I'm trying to get my clients to, to, to realize more often, the athletes I work with, the coaches, the parents, is we use synonyms for words that were never meant to be compared. You know, we, we, make them synonyms. We, we try to give them similar definitions when, you know, as we have mentioned several times already on this interview, words have meaning for a purpose. And so you yes. got to use specific words to specifically describe how you're feeling, the actions you want to take, um, you know, everything. So I think that was, that was great that you hit that, that point because it's super important to define your why 
and to begin with the begin your process with defining your why yeah the fear of judgment so, or one more thing yeah please emotion. i think um because i'm thinking about you know when people get in arguments or disagreements with someone else and they don't know how to express themselves emotionally without getting both people in defense mode, you know, face to face, it gets heated. Yeah. Um, a good way also is to write down your feelings to that person. And even Mm -hmm. if you're not necessarily sending them what you write down, it does still relieve a lot of stress. It allows you to rethink of the whole situation. It allows you to reflect on it and question if you actually want to say that to them. And I think that's just a very healthy way of dealing with, you know, aggravation or an argument instead of instead of going face to face, you know, where both of you are just not going to listen to each other. Right. It's better to just write down like how you're feeling, what you want to say to them. And then you have a you have a means of reflecting on it and either lessening the anger in the letter or just, you know, never sending it at all. Just for sure. It to release your own tension. Say all this, the stuff that you probably would say offensively in the letter so that you can see it. And Oh, no, I, I didn't mean that at all. Yeah, um, but I know yeah. I've it's like it's better than saying that to their face and for then sure. hurting the relationship. I've been told many times that I'm confusing sometimes when we're in an argument, and I can see that because I'll just speak off the cuff, you know, in the moment when I'm like, ah, I really, you know, that wasn't what I was trying to say. And it's like as you're searching for words, you just keep digging a deeper hole. Yeah. And instead of just saying, okay, let me just take a moment and go cool down and then figure out what I'm trying to say. So. Yeah, yeah. Step away from it. Exactly. So the fear of judgment. How is that a fear that comes into play with relationships? And in your experience, how have people exhibited that fear, that specific fear? I think fear of judgment often relates to childhood. You know, everything relates to childhood. Yeah. I think especially especially judgment, you know, we have bullies, we have people who talk about us, who who call us names, who see our bad test score and tell tell all the other kids. Like we all have a specific memory where we were judged, right? And I think um the fear of rejection is one of the greatest fears mm-hmm. that people that people try to avoid on a daily basis. Right. And I think this this also this like stems from that judgment as a child and like not wanting to feel isolated and wanting to be part of the group and wanting to just roll with the crowd and be in the norm. And and I think when it comes to um, when it comes to social media, especially like there's so many people who so many men even who I have like a couple clients who are trying to grow a business online and they're like, I don't know, I just like can't make video, I can't like put my, I don't want to put my face out there. And it's just like, why? Like, right. this is your business. Like, this is your face is your business. You yeah. have to get it out there. And it's just, it's like, no, I can't. And, and, you know, with men and women, like even choosing profile pictures for Bumble or like online dating sites, they're like, you know, what if she thinks this? And like, what if, like, maybe I shouldn't write that in my bio because she'll think this. And I'm like, well, what do you think? Like, right. <laughs> back to like, what do you think about yourself? And like, is that a good way to, is that the way you want to come off right. to women? And he'll be like, yeah, like that's that's something I would say. Like that's how I would want. I'm like, okay, well then why are you worried about what what she says? Like obviously right. she's not the right woman for you if she's going to judge you based on you being authentic, right? right? It's like as long as it's authentic, it's good. And I think it's just getting men especially into that pattern of, of be you. And I think that's – it's kind of hard to, to think that way because it's like, all right, well, be, be yourself. What does that mean? And I, that's such like 
you know, it's a question we always see. That's something we always hear. Just be you, just be yourself, be authentic. And then guys are like, well, I am. And then I get, I get yelled at, blah, blah, blah. But it's just like, if you're really trying to be the best version of you, you can be always, then you can't beat yourself up. Like if you are trying your hardest and you're taking the steps to do what's right and to treat women, women respectfully and how you believe they should be treated great in a relationship, then what can you do? Like why beat yourself up when you're just, when you're doing everything you could possibly do? You know, I think we need to let go of living for other people and start Mm -hmm. living for ourselves and know that if we do live for ourselves and we are trying our best, then we will attract someone who sees that and who feels that because when we're authentic, women read, especially women, like we are expert body readers, right? For, you know, we have babies, we have to be great at reading nonverbal communication. So when it comes to a man approaching a woman she she can feel if he's authentic. Like she'll know, she'll feel it. She'll right. see it in his in his nonverbal communication right off the bat, like right away. Right. And he a guy can tell me he's confident and that he's this or that, but I can know if he's being honest or not. Right. Because I can sense it. I can feel it. And it's um so especially with men, it's like if you're authentic and you really are trying your hardest and you really aren't trying to creep her out. Like, you know, because what if I creep her out by saying this? What if I make a creepy comment? I'm like, don't, is your intention to be creepy? And they're right. like, no. <laughs> okay, you won't come off creepy. Right. If your intention right. is around fear of creepiness, then your focus is on creepiness. You're going to come off creepy. I think so, that should be my next episode, right. the fear of creepiness. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the Halloween episode. Yeah, that's actually a really good idea. <laughs> yeah. But I think that's a huge thing is like the intention, like set when it comes to fear of judgment especially on social media, set an intention of how you want to come across to others. And this is something I do. And this is something I have my clients do too. And exercise is before you do anything, set an intention for yourself, giving yourself like three words to pump yourself up and show yourself how, like how you want the outcome to look like. So for instance, like before getting on this podcast with you, I would be like, I would sit down and just take a minute and just be like, okay, how do I want to come across on this podcast? I want to come across knowledgeable. I want to be entertaining. I want to maybe throw a joke here and there. Mm -hmm. I want to be, you know, and I just, I'll just state like things that I want to come across. And then when you're, when your brain has that in the back, when you know, and it's in the back of your mind and you, you set that intention sitting there and it's like the brain works with you and it goes, okay, let's, let's do this then. Like she, she put these words, she plugged these words in, let's make it happen. So I think that goes with everything. And especially, you know, when it comes to fear of, of people judging you, it's just like, all right, well, you can only do what you can do best, you know? So yeah, right. Trust, and the more you trust and love yourself, the more you just accept whatever happens because people always judge you. It's going to happen. You know, just like fear will always be in your life. It will always happen. So just, you know, accept it to a point, but only after you know you're doing your best. Exactly. I think that's so well put. On the heels of that advice, uh, what kind of etiquette advice do you or suggestions do you have for men and women when it comes to pursuing someone online or on social media? Don't lie about yourself. That's a big one. (laughs) I think there's a lot of people that, you know, put the wrong picture and they don't mention things that are, that are deal breakers to a lot of people. Right. Um, you know, out of fear that it will lessen their, their likes or their, you know, their matches, their stock. What? I said like their stock, you know, it, it lessens their, uh, their viability for finding somebody. Yeah, I think just be totally you and just understand when you know what type of woman you want to as a man or and vice versa, you know, when you know the person you want. Right. 
you have to attract her, right? So it's kind of like, what type of guy would attract her? And am I the type of guy who would attract her? And if I'm not, do I want to be that type of guy or do I not? Gotcha. And it's kind of just like reflecting on, you know, is, is my profile going to attract the type of woman I want? Right. And, and I think that's a good way to look at it. And it's not, it's not so much doing it like, like changing yourself for another, for a woman, but just, you know, there's a lot of guys that come to me and say, well, Steph, I don't even think I'm re like, after a call with you, I don't think I'm ready to attract the woman I want. Cause I'm not ready. Like she wouldn't be attracted to me at this point. I want to, I want to get better and I want to improve myself in this area and this area so that I can attract a woman like that. Like, I don't want to attract a woman like I am now because she's not going to be the woman I want. Does wow. that make sense? Yeah, no, it does. It, yeah. it reminds, it makes me feel like you're kind of like the female version of Hitch. Like you're helping guys to be better guys to get the person that they've, you know, uh, I, that they've seen themselves being with. Yeah. It's awesome. Yeah. And a lot of people have said that. And I'm like, yeah, it does actually make sense with like the way, you know, because it's not, it's not all about, I don't want them all just being like, okay, that's the woman I want. Now I have to change me to match her. It's like, no, right. make sure that you want to be the man she would be attracted to. Exactly. That's the most important part. And right. then if you are, then work, work hard as hell to become that man and then go pursue her. Cause at that point, she'll want to be with you if you have all those, all those qualities. So I think when it comes to, when it comes to online dating, it's just first before even online dating, make sure you're in a healthy relationship with you. You know, like we said, it starts with you. Yeah. And yeah. make sure you're in a strong place mentally and emotionally and and physically. You know, your body is in a good energy state because that matters a lot too. You know, women want a guy who's excited and happy and loves his life. You know, and I think that's something that a lot of men don't realize is, well, I don't want to be like joyful that's or like happy. Like that's that's weird. And, you know, that's feminine. And I think like, you know, to see happiness as something that's that's not attainable for men is just women want that. Like we yeah. want to be with a really happy guy who wakes up and is excited to do what he what he has to do. Yeah. Well, like that. We want a piece of that because we want that. And right. we want, you know, so it's important to to physical energy is very important, too. And I think. As long as you can take care of your yourself and you're in a really good place, then once you go into online dating, it's just put out your pictures. Don't don't lie. You know, just make it be completely honest and and know that okay, this is the woman I have in mind that I want to attract. Like this is how she acts. This is what she looks like. Actually, make a list. I have my guys make a list of to get gain true clarity on on that type of woman. And he doesn't have to attract women with every single thing on the list, but at least he has a very clear definition of that woman so that when he does meet her, his brain is actually looking like on the lookout for her. Right. right? It's like the pink elephant in the room. Like don't think of a pink elephant. Right. You're going to think of one because that's where your focus went. Right? right. So if you have a focus point of, okay, this is the woman I want and you read it, you know, a couple times a week, then your brain is on the lookout. And whenever you, whenever you bump into that, you know, when you buy a new car, it's the same thing. Like you see your car everywhere. So by putting focus on the woman you want, you'll also see more of the women you want in public and on social media. And it's, it's insane, but this is how it works. <laughs> I think that's really cool. I think that's called the, is it Bader Meinhof? Um, Bader Meinhof, Bader Meinhof complex is, is exactly what you just described. It's when like, you know, when you see a car, like you, you have a car that you want and you're like, Oh, you're obsessing about it. Like I want this car, you know? And then all of a sudden you start seeing no, that car everywhere. <laughs> And you're like, holy crap, like everybody has the car that I want. When did that happen? And yeah. it's it's not that it hadn't happened before that moment. It's just that you had understood it. Yeah. Now that your brain is aware of it, it's now looking for that car everywhere yeah. you go. That's, yeah. That's so awesome. 
Yeah, yeah and everyone believes it with cars. So <laughs> you have to believe like this happens to everyone, right? So you have to understand it works in all ways and it works with the negative too. So when you're when your brain is looking at the negative, you're waking up and you're like, oh, I feel like shit again. Oh, it's Monday. Like this sucks. Right. You know, it's going to be your, that's starting your focus. Therefore, that's where your awareness is. And that's what your brain sees. It's going to pick out everything that goes wrong in that day and blow it up and make it look so much bigger when it's not. There you go. And I, I, just a real quick amendment. Bader Meinhof complex is a movie. I haven't seen it, so I don't want to get you confused. Bader Meinhof phenomenon is the psychological principle. Um, <laughs> Just to clarify for everybody before they're like, oh, this is some weird German movie from <laughs> the 70s. Um, but yeah, and, and I think what I was going to say earlier is that what's so awesome is that you just thoroughly explained being yourself. Like You just basically broke down step by step how to actually be yourself, which is how you started off that, you know, when describing the fear of judgment and rejection, you know, you said people get told all the time, well, just be yourself. You said, well, that, what does that actually mean? So if you weren't paying attention, rewind and go back and listen because Steph just broke down step-by-step step how to actually be yourself when approaching uh, somebody of interest in your life. So I think that was awesome. That was amazing. Oh, thanks. Yeah, no, that's, that's a credit to you for, you know, just knowing, knowing your stuff. Um, I love it. <laughs> I can tell. You I know it's tell. awesome. It's totally. Your your sound is passionate as I do when I'm talking about how to get human beings to flip head over heels. You know, it's it's amazing. Cool. Um, you know, I I know I brought him up, and I'm not trying to to personally plug Lewis Howes, but um, I think I in our pre-interview call I talked about how he has that. Oh no, I didn't. I mentioned him, but he has a book called The Mask of Masculinity, uh, in mm-hmm. which he breaks down uh, nine masks that he believes men typically where to hide their true selves from the outside world. I know that this is not a new concept. Other people have said it in different ways, but um, so he, he outlines the stoic mask, which makes me think of like Ron Swanson from Parks and Rec, the athlete mask, which is any jock that you've ever seen uh, the material mask, a man that is, you know, into material possessions, the sexual mask, which can be someone that comes across as, hypersexual or oversexual or aggressively sexual. Uh, the aggressive mask is somebody that just always seems to be aggressive. The Joker who is, mm. you know, always making jokes to, uh, I think people make jokes to take the attention off themselves instead of yes. putting attention on themselves. The invincible mask, like Mr. Incredible or somebody that's impervious to feelings and harm. I, I think that's like the, the man's man, you know, I'm invincible. Mm-hmm. the know-it-all um i know a couple of these people and then the alpha mask which is i guess that's more of like the ultimate man you know i'm the alpha male mm-hmm. which masks do you find are most common among the athletes <laughs> athletes clients that you work with uh when it comes to the subject of being more vulnerable when dating like when you're you know maybe trying to coach somebody on being more vulnerable which mask do you do you identify that are most common that you're trying to help them take off and learn to be more vulnerable? Um, I would say, I would say that alpha mask mm-hmm. is one and the Joker mask. Wow. Interesting. Yeah. And my first, uh, one of my first clients was, had a huge Joker mask on. Wow. And that was really interesting because I would, you know, everything was just funny everything was a joke. And especially when 
and it, it really wasn't like not everything was a joke, but when it came to talking about what we needed to talk about, then it just like turned into a joke. And right. like, and I'd be like, okay, let's pull it back. Like, why did you have to make a joke about that? Like, right. <laughs> you no, know? like that wasn't really necessary. That didn't even flow. We weren't even joking. Like, did you notice that? And then it was just, and he didn't, he'd be like, wow, like I didn't realize that. That's and, awesome. Yeah. So he would go on dates and then I would, I, he would report back to me like after each date. And at this point, this guy was going on three dates a weekend, like Ooh. crazy. And yeah, he, he found someone by the end of 90 days, he was in an exclusive relationship. So it was wow, awesome. But like, it's awesome. Yeah. But in the beginning, he would say things like he would say he would come back and be like, well, I said this to her. And I'm like, was that supposed to be a joke? Like, why? And he's like, yeah, well, it was a joke. And I'm like, well, did she laugh? Did she find it funny? And he's like, no, like she didn't laugh. And I'm like, that's don't. (laughs) I think you missed the point of a joke. Yeah. And um, and it was just strange. Like he would just throw he was like, I was just trying to be like, you know, light in the mood and stuff. I'm like, women don't want women, especially like we don't want a guy who takes everything so lightly and like, you know, just jokes around about everything because as women, we want to know, like women think more long-term men think more short-term. Right. So when a woman's on a date, even the first date, a woman will be thinking, can I live with this man? Can he have any babies? (laughs) What kind of car will we drive when we have five kids? Like that's what we're thinking about the first date. So if you're joking around, like right away, she's thinking like, is he even taking this seriously? Like, cause I am. And not that we were like so serious from the start, but that's like our British subconscious is thinking that way. So, yeah. so right away, like if you're, if you're making jokes about everything, it's just a turnoff. So we had to actually like rewire him to stop, to stop joking so much. And the, what was, what was going on was that he was hiding emotional things that he wasn't telling me until later. Wow. And once he did open up emotionally, he stopped joking wow. and it was, it was crazy. Yeah. And That's he even amazing. said, like, he would report back from dates and be like, I, I didn't, like, make any jokes. And, like, the dates would go great. And it was just, yeah, it was just hiding. Wow. Yeah. You know? It really is a mask. It's yeah. literally a mask to cover up the fact that he didn't want to be vulnerable. And he never he never was. And he didn't know who he could be vulnerable with or who he could trust to take off the mask. So, yeah, it took some time. But, like, it happened. It was interesting. Super interesting. It's just the the, the expanses of human psychology it's just so vast, but, yeah. um, but look, I know we, we should probably, you know, <laughs> keep it to a certain, to a certain length so that, uh, where can everybody find you online and follow you to learn more about what you do, what you teach, and maybe even reach out to you for your services? Yeah. Well, I, I practically live on Instagram, so I'm Amen. always in Instagram stories. Amen. Uh, DM me on at let's talk relationships with periods in between. Correct. Yeah, Let's I don't think that matters. Talk. I think you could just type it without okay. a series and it still comes up. But Got yeah, it. just in case. <laughs> Let's right. talk dot relationships. Um and yeah, I'm there. I'm always providing content in my stories. Uh you know, I'm doing post of day of value. Um you can look at my my website, was it which is sgdatingcoach.com. Yeah, so there's some stuff there about neurofeedback and I have a few blog posts on there. And then, you know, I have my my podcast, which is the What I Love About Men podcast. Love it's it. on iTunes and Spotify. So go yeah, subscribe so, right now. Yes. Yeah. Subscribe. Got you. Um, I also do a weekly email blast that just shoots value and knowledge um, once a week. So if you want to get on my email blast, I, you know, I make a post once a week to, to get emails. So just, 
you know, focus on my, my Instagram stories. You'll know everything about me through there. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. That's where I found, I think I found you through the explore page. So a few days ago, I asked you to come up with three things that you wanted to leave our listeners with when it comes to the fear of putting yourself out there. So what are three things that you want to arm? What, what three things, pieces of knowledge you want to arm people with, uh, as they, as, as we lead out of this episode? I would say number one, boost your self-talk because that's going to, like I said, that is number one. You know, the way you speak to yourself is so important. So make sure it's in a good place and make sure it's the words, your words, your inner dialogue is always making you feel strong. And if it's not, ask yourself why. Uh, Number two, I would say clarity, gaining clarity on what you want, who you want to be. Um. Get get a good grip of okay, who am I right now? Who do I want to become? And what's how do I bridge that gap? Okay, you know, and the more clear you are, the easier it's it is to to bridge the gap and know exactly what your action steps are. Number three, work on leaving your comfort zone, and just think of it like you know, there's a circle and there's a little dot on inside the edge of the circle. So just think of moving that dot right to the outside of the circle. Don't think of making huge changes. Just think of thinking, okay, I'm going to step one foot outside the bubble and then another little foot and then another little foot. And then eventually you'll be in a new place and you'll have a different way of thinking and a different mindset. So just always tell yourself, you know, I'm not afraid of leaving that comfort zone. It's, it's good for me. It's going to help me. It's awesome. I think that's huge too. Comfort zone. Like I'm, I'm learning more and more just how often we hang out in our comfort zone, even when we think we're making changes, it's still, we're still just kind of like hugging the perimeter of our comfort zone, you know? So I feel all the time and I'm like, like, I feel like I'm making moves, but at the same time, I'm like, I could be going so much further. And I think that that's what you said is perfect because, uh, you know, you don't have to make these, I think that's what we think. You know, and that's what the brain lies to you and says, because it does this. It lies to you when you think about making change. It it tells you all the ways that things could go wrong or how much effort it's going to be. That's mm-hmm. why people struggle with diets or, or you know, losing weight. And yeah, that's why we struggle with making changes in our personality, because your brain is lying to you, saying that it's going to be so hard because it doesn't want you to leave that safe place. So. I think when you look keep at you safe, but at the same time, it's screwing you over. Right. Exactly. <laughs> this is the enigma of the human brain. Yeah. So I think definitely that, you know, taking small steps are still, mm-hmm. they're going to make huge implications for your, your level of growth as a person in your talent, in your career, whatever, in your relationships. If you push yourself just outside that comfort zone to get started and then take it a step further. But like you said earlier in the episode, also, consistency repetition will only reinforce that confidence that it takes to keep venturing outside of that that perimeter yeah and it starts with just like like guys it doesn't have to be like we said it doesn't have to be huge but it doesn't even have to be like you know a somewhat big step just do something different right thing you could do that's different like if you never read and you want to get in the habit of reading books read one page today like wow i never thought about it like that yeah, that's huge. Something different. Wow, you know, I did that a couple of weeks ago with uh, with um, drinking a gallon of water a day, mm. and I was like, you know, I'm not expecting to crush this entire thing of water, especially since I've been so bad at drinking water daily. I'll, I'll have like a couple glasses, but 
you know, drinking that much more water. I was like, for my health, I feel like this is right for me. And so I was like, you know what? Instead of thinking about, oh, I'm going to have to do this for the rest of my life or I'm going to have to do this for the rest of the, the month. I'm like, let me just focus on today. So let me see how much water I drink today. Hang on to the jug tomorrow and see where I'm at. Like when I wake up, how much was left? And then focus on finishing it. And if I feel like it, I'll start again that day and just focus on that day. So mm. like reading a I book like, like that. I've never had that. I never had that mentality. Just what today? Just do it today. Just do it today and see how today goes. Right? Like if you're on a, if you're doing, uh, let's say you're doing, uh, you're trying to eat better and you don't want to do, you want to eat as much sugar. Just say today, I don't want to eat as much sugar. Don't care about tomorrow or even the weekend or worrying about when your cheat day is going to be. Today, I don't want to eat that much sugar and then see where it gets you. And then tomorrow, it's a new today. Mm-hmm. And that for me worked so much better. It got to the point where I was holding on to that water jug like it was um, a safety blanket, you know, like it was it was like my my bottle when I was a baby just because it became my focus and it became it wasn't something I was doing anymore or trying to be. It was who I was now. It was like, yeah. I'm I'm now a, a a jug head, you know, like I'm I'm drinking water out of a jug every single day. And and what I would do too is you know, one of my biggest fallbacks, I would get a soda or a tea when I would go out to uh fast food or, you know, eat out. And so I'd get a drink with the meal that I was ordering, but with this physically carrying it with me or keeping it in the car, I was like, "Oh, I already got a drink. I don't need I don't need something else." Yeah. So it was really like helping me day to day. But the book, that just blew my mind. I never even thought about it like that. Like, screw a chapter. Just try reading a page yeah. or a couple paragraphs. Like, that's that's nothing in the scale of your life, you know, in the scope mm-hmm. of your life. That's nothing. Yeah. And that's how you want yourself to start thinking. Oh, it's nothing. Like, I could do that. You yeah. want to get yourself in the habit of, I can do that. So. It's huge. Yeah. All right, Steph. Two questions that I ask or try to ask all of my guests. You ready? Yes. First question, what is your definition of fear? Like if you had to describe it to a child or someone who lost their memory and had no semblance of what fear was, how would you describe fear? I would describe it as what it is, F-E-A-R, false expectations appearing real. Mm. Fear is just this idea in our head that we make so big. I think to to just use it, as as what it is like it's we're gonna have it we're gonna feel it but make it your friend you know and just realize that it's just most likely the worst of it is not going to happen so it's just like it it feels so strong the feeling is so strong and it feels so real but it's just really appearing real it's just false expectations appearing real so I think when we can just understand that okay most likely this is not going to get the best of me, but yet the feeling is still going to be there. I have to do something about this feeling. So I would just say, like, embrace the feeling because it's going to be there for the rest of your life. You're going to have it. So don't Regardless. try to ignore it. Don't try to hide it. But just use it as a as a means of, OK, this is this keeps me going. This keeps me this keeps me on track. Fear is actually my friend. And, you know, although it's maybe not like it doesn't have to be realistic and it, it may not, but but it's here to help me in a way. It helps me grow. The only way I can grow is if I have something to to keep me on track. And I think fear is that thing. If you're just tuning in right now by some crazy circumstance and you just 
you know, jumped in at this point of the interview. That was not a paid sponsorship for Fearless University. That was our guest, Steph Ganowski, breaking down fear the exact way that I do every single day. This is the interview from heaven. That's what happened. That's exactly what just happened right there. That was that was perfect. I actually use that same um, um, acronym, but I've yeah. I've substitute yeah. false for fabricated. Mm. So sometimes okay. I'll say because the brain will fabricate reasons why you shouldn't do things. It comes up with intentional lies. So I'll say fabricated. Um, was it false? Fabricated expectations appearing real. That's okay. that was that was perfect. Okay, second question. This is a little bit more personal. What is the greatest life lesson you have ever learned from fear? I I would say that it was I wouldn't be in California if I didn't deal with fear because I I bought a one-way flight last year about a year and a half ago from New Jersey and it was because I was in a very damaging toxic emotionally abusive relationship that wow. I was actually I was actually terrified of leaving because it after 2 years of being in it gave me this sense of security and and sureness, you know, like, like when you're familiarity. with familiarity. Yeah, yeah, it was just very I was comfortable in it and even though I hated it and I hated myself being in it and I started feeling bad about myself in it. It it's amazing like thinking back at that time that I was, you know, hating hating him and hating myself for being with him. Yeah, I was still stuck with him. Wow. And it was kind of like leaving just buying a one way without an apartment. I didn't get an apartment until four days before my flight. So I booked like a month in advance. Yeah. And I just said, screw this. Like I'm sick of being in this relationship. And it was, I didn't tell him. I just, I just left. And, and I just remember packing and just wanting to puke everywhere because I was like, what am I doing? Like I'm leaving five jobs. Like I was a freelancer and I had five streams of income and I was comfortable with this, you know, with this relationship, even though it was terrible. And I was just like, I was dealing with anxiety and I was about to go on antidepressants because I was so down and I was so like afraid of this relationship. And I was just, I just hated where I was with right. myself. And I just, I was like, something needs to change. Something needs to change. And I just, <laughs> you know, if I wasn't terrified and I wouldn't have, I don't know, like the whole thing was just, my life was in a scary point. And, and I think I was just like, something needs to change right now. And that fear allowed me to to need that change and crave it so bad. And, you know, if I wasn't afraid, I wouldn't have, I don't know, I wouldn't have ran and I wouldn't have done the crazy thing I did. And and even though it was scary, it turned out to be the best decision of my life because I wouldn't have started this business if I didn't. So, yeah. That's beautiful. It's it's yeah. funny because they, we, we think that, um, we think that our first reaction to fear is to be afraid. Um, but they say that with biological fear, that humans innate response is not flight. It's fight. Like mm. there's, there's really no, you know, so our, our natural reaction to fear is to fight. Um, the biological yeah. kind when we're physically presented with something that is scaring us or could cause us harm. Um, yeah, the, the, most of us will react with a call to action. And that's, um, so interesting. that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that that's amazing that that is what fear was able, e even though yours, well, hopefully prayerfully yours was mostly the psychological part of that. Um, it was still something that, you know, pushed you towards, um, changing your life for the better. Yeah. I went through the fight and then I got on a flight. So. <laughs> <laughs> I actually did. <laughs> 
I actually did them in that order. Yeah. That's perfect. On that note, <laughs> Steph Ganowski, uh, to one more time for everybody, where can they find you on Instagram and online? You can go to at Let's Talk Relationships with dots in between, let's dot talk dot relationships. And you can check out my website at sgdatingcoach.com. Well, I think you uh, ticked off all the boxes from your premeditative, uh, how do you want to be in this uh, in this enter- interview? You were educational, you were uh, informative, and you were entertaining. So, Steph G, oh, thank you. Thank you so much for your time. So great. I appreciate it. Yeah, and I, lo- just- I love talking with you because I do feel like we're on the same you know, the same mindset level and, and yeah, I'd love to talk to you more. Oh, it's going to happen. It's a, it's a certainty for sure. Same here. All right. Thank you. Thank you.